Thanks for tuning in to the Boundless Authenticity Podcast, where we discuss everything related to the evolution of human consciousness. This is episode 23, and my guest today is Ashley Jones, love and intimacy embodiment coach, sex educator, and breathwork facilitator. Do you understand your energy and how to wield it? Do you realize how powerful you are? Most of us weren't taught how to understand our energy and use it. Most people don't realize that they have potent energy coursing through their bodies in every moment. And because we don't understand the potent energy within us, we are often wielding this energy unconsciously in all sorts of distorted and misguided ways. Our energy is powerful and when understood can be used to fuel our dreams and connections to create a truly fulfilling and integrated life experience. Ashley Jones will be sharing how to tap into the abundant well of vital energy within us and how to wield it with intention in her upcoming free 7-day Kundalini Queen activation. Head over to www uplevellove.com slash kundalini dash queen dash activation and follow Ashley on instagram.com slash uplevellove. In this episode, Ashley talks with me about topics such as what is divine masculinity? What is divine feminine energy? What are some reasons men are not able to embody the divine feminine energy? What are some reasons men are not able to sit with their own emotions and hold a woman when they are in a highly emotional state? What are some steps that an unconscious couple can take to bridge the gap and become a conscious couple? We will also discuss the power of harnessing sexual energy, wounding, and some of the shame, guilt, fear, which stems from societal conditioning and other tough topics such as porn and positive uses for OnlyFans content creation. All of the links to find Ashley will be in the show description. Let's hear what Ashley has to say now. So how's it going, Ashley? It's going great. It's a beautiful day in Hawaii. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you having me on again. Yeah, I'm really grateful to have you here. As you know, I very much admire the work that you're doing. It's very important work. Thank you. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Tell me about your free seven-day Kundalini Queen course. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So I have an event coming up. It is an activation for women to learn to take their pleasure their purpose and their power to the next level to really embrace that in an integrated way. So it's seven days of uh, kind of morning or midday activations, depending on where you are in the world. And then afternoon, incredible guest speakers that I have that are experts in these different fields um, to give their perspective and their life experience with this. So I'm really excited to bring this to the women. There's 170, I think signed up so far and I am just thrilled to share um, a little bit of this from the place that I sit in, um, which is from a woman who's 47 years old, who's raised two children, who's been in deep relating for a long time, and who's 
traversed Kundalini awakenings and, and all of that in a very, you know, worldly kind of integrated place. So yeah, I'm very excited to, to share this and I invite anybody who feels like they could get something from this to, to join me. Well, that is such a necessary thing right now. I think, uh, I think we're also distracted and pulled in, in different directions with our thinking that we're losing a, a sense of connectedness with, especially with our partners at home and yes. with ourselves. Uh, I really do uh, empathize with the women out there. It's, it's a tough time to be a woman <laughs> and carry <laughs> all of a, this. It is. I mean, I think it's a, it's a tough time to be a human in lots of ways. And it's an incredible time to be a human and it's an incredible time to be a woman, you know, as things have shifted. And it's, it's also hard with more responsibility comes, you know, greater <laughs> with more freedom comes greater responsibility. So um, yeah, it's hard to know how to navigate it all for sure. Yeah. I do. I do agree with that. So I want you to explain to me what is the divine masculine and what is the divine feminine? Hmm. Hmm. The divine masculine and the divine feminine. You know, how I see that, and I think it varies from person to person, but how I see that is it's an integrated masculine and an integrated feminine, meaning that we're not in the polarities of um, like for the feminine being in the victim or being in the, like, I can do it all. And I'm this, you know, in her, her masculine energy. So she's an integrated that she's connected or, or in the masculine that they're connected to their deeper wisdom. They're humble in the truth of what's happening. They're able to speak and be in that and not act from a place of ego or child defense. Um, so that they've done, they've cultivated those, those kind of shadow parts of themselves and continue to, because that's never done, in my opinion. <laughs> we're, we're always on that journey. So the divine masculine and the divine feminine are people who have um, integrated those parts of themselves so that they can be in deeper connection um, with themselves in a humbled and connected way uh, in how they relate to the world and themselves. Okay. So... Speaking for myself as a, a man growing up, I didn't have a good example of what a divine masculine was. And I, I, I didn't necessarily have the best example of what a divine feminine was either. And there was so much disempowerment coming down the pipeline from every direction that it was very tough finding myself and learning to tap into these energies on my own. And that yeah. eventually led me down the pathway of what is consciousness and meditating and learning to take my own power back from the media houses that are selling these false ideas of how to be in a relationship and what sex is. And basically just stripping away my own natural conception of who I am at the core and how to harness the power of my body. And I, I am not separate and distinct from anyone else. Both men and women are subject to the same thing. So how do we go about embodying these energies, the divine masculine, divine feminine? What does that look like? How do we act? How do we treat each other? 
<laughs> that's a journey. And that's a, <clears throat> that's a different <laughs> journey for everybody. Um, you know, I think that, like you were saying, most of us don't have good examples. We were not taught or shown how to do this, um, how to be, how to even know what's available inside of us um, or around us, how to relate with that, how to wield this, this energy and this power that we have. Um, and so, you know, how do we go? And most people are wanting more. Most people are like kind of going through their relationships in their sexuality and they're relating and just being like, I know, and is this it? Like, there's gotta be more. Um, and I know that that was the questioning that really led me down the path of like looking, seeking. And so for me, you know, it's diving into some of these, um, lineages of, uh, information that have been really helpful. Uh, Tantra, the Mantak Chia, you know, the Taoist practices, um, and, and having teachers and, and, and reading a lot and going to workshops and trainings. And so that was my journey <laughs> to discover that myself and deep healing work. Most of us have trauma. Most of us have these layers, which, you know, is compiled with the conditioning that we have that, um, makes it hard for us to access those layers of, of pleasure and connection that we so desperately desire. So um, for me, it was, it was doing a lot of healing work as well. And that's some of the work that I offer now. So, yeah. That's great. I, I love that. And um, so for those who come to you, what is the major obstacle that they're faced with? What do they come to you for? What are their pain points? Give me all the juice. <laughs> it's so different for every human being, but I will say that I would say the main um, hindrance is their perspective, you know, their mindset, the conditioning and that they've had. Um, they know that there's something else out there, but they, but the, their perspective, their belief system is holding them back from having that. Mm. And like the deep, usually the, the childhood stuff that they've experienced and any trauma is just really holding them in this pattern. So as you kind of unravel that holding, then they can open up um, to be able to experience even, you know, communication, um, connection with themselves, uh, with a lot more pleasure in their bodies and, and being able to relate to and ask for and connect to their partners and what they're needing and desiring. I feel like I have so many questions. So I'm going to ask you for some examples of different things that keep coming up. What is the main thing that keeps repeating over and over all the time? Now, I know that it's an individual journey, like you said, and there surely there are some people. So for example, in my work, it's subconscious programs around I'm not enough somehow. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. A, an astonishing number of women come to me and they have a program that says I am not safe somehow. Oh, yeah. yeah. So in your work, what are the common programs and perspectives? Big time, big time. I'm not safe is a huge one for women. Um, and, and for men, there's what I've seen over and over again is just the, the deep distortion that they've been trained with in our society, um, uh, deep addictions to, to porn, to, 
um, having erectile dysfunction issues, um, feeling really like really uncomfortable in their lives with that and has struggling with a deep pain around, you know, how, how to show up in this way. Um, for women, yeah, it's a lot of, of around safety and rightly so. I mean, we have this lineage of this culture of deep, deep repression of, of ownership of women. Um, and, and we, and then we went into the feminists, which was like, I can do it all, all the ways that the men can do it. And we tried to, you know, I know why that happened. And there was, there was some good, but definitely that came of that, but we lost, you know, that feminine connection to our intuition. So um, those are the themes definitely for women to be able to feel safe, to be able to connect to and listen to what is really alive in them. They've just, there's so much of the outside noise and that deep, I'm not safe. It's not okay. The shame, shame is a huge one. Um, that it, it, it to unlock that is, uh, <laughs> is, is awesome. <laughs> awesome to do. It's so awesome. And I, and I've been in my own journey in my life with that. So I know what it's like, and it's also scary. It's scary to open that energy up in this world where it's not, um, you know, very accepted, uh, and, or, or only a context of it is, um, most men learn about sexuality through porn and most women, uh, learn through sexuality through their partners who learn about it through porn. So um, it's a very disconnected, even if they have like deep love for each other, they often find that their, their sex, their intimacy isn't, isn't as deep and profound um, as they, as they want it to be. And they think it, it could be or should be. And then often the, the um, it's hard for them to communicate that about that and have that conversation. So yeah oh so true <laughs> so true oh, yeah yeah um let's talk about some of the things that create this issue with men not being able to embody either polarity within themselves and how that affects their relationships and you know they're not able to hold space for their partners they can barely get it together for themselves let's talk about that i really feel for the masculine right now um uh, and it's been such a beautiful adventure to have these conversations with men as i've been doing on my my social media pages to really listen to their stories and um i think that you know, men have been taught to show up in this, a lot of men in the toxic masculinity. So to unravel that often has led them into almost taking on an overdose of femininity. A lot of the spiritual community, the men have a lot of, um, of feminine energy. And, and so they, they're kind of lost and then not a lot of drive or not a lot of holding of the structure of their lives. And, and kind of flighty. Um, and so that has led these two kind of opposite ends of the spectrum of how men are, are showing up and they're not sure how to show up um, because 
our culture shifting and changing, you know, in the fifties, it was very clear. You go, you make the money, the wife stays home, you know, in that kind of heterosexual dynamic. Um, and it was, it was very clear and the, the dinner's on the table when the husband gets home and, you know, it was very clear that this is what the man's role was. This is what the woman's role was. And as messed up as that was, you know, things are changing, but now we're all trying to do everything. And, and, you know, there's a lot of anger and frustration in the feminine, um, uh, often towards the masculine. Uh, and, and there's that emasculating piece that happens in relationships that it makes it really hard for men to feel, um, to feel worthy and, and know how and where their place is in the world. Um, just like we tried to take on the masculine of doing it all, going to, going to work, making money, raising the kids, you know, doing all of these things. Now the men are being asked to do that as well. And, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard for them, I think, to figure that out. What I've witnessed in the men who have shared their stories with me is it's been a journey for them to come out of that male toxicity and to, to often they'll kind of pendulum into the, the, the feminine. And as they open their heart and they find their vulnerability and they're able to give themselves permission to express that because you're not able to express that in the, in the, you know, uh, unintegrated masculine. And, and so they kind of pendulum into that other place of that deep feminine open heart. And then they usually will kind of find their way into the middle. And, and that's where like that fully integrated masculine comes in, in my opinion, where you can be with both of these energies. Um, but I do feel it's, it's so important for the man to kind of hold the masculine, to hold that structure, to hold the, you know, the, I think that desire is birthed from the feminine and then the masculine holds a structure of like the linear parts of how things get done. So that shows up in, in sexuality as well. Um, a lot of men have lost their, their edge with that strong masculine edge that, that the, the feminine is really desiring. The women are like, wait, you know, I'm so glad that he's able to express himself, but there's no, there's no passion. There's none of that. Eh. Any, you know, so it's like that pendulum swing back and forth to find that integrated self where you can hold both. And that's important for women as well, coming out of the, um, the anger and the frustration and the, and all of that into, into that more integrated self where she can, um, you know, a lot of women have taken so much of the masculine energy on that they, that they also need to find that, that flow and that balance within themselves and to access that deep knowledge, wisdom, and intuition. Yeah. And to be able to listen to their bodies. Like, you know, it's, it's so, so, so many women um, don't know how to listen to what their body, our bodies are communicating so much to us all the time. And once we can begin to listen and, and heed that guidance and really follow it, uh, it, it's just so important because we, we've been taught to just override that and to serve, to, to please, to serve, to, to, you know, in sex and in all these layers that we've, we're, we're overriding our, our knowing and, and that is, it's so important for health, for vitality to, to have this. So that's a deep part of what I teach too, is being able to listen <laughs> to your body. Yeah, I love that. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, open your heart. I think the key to every individual 
as to what they should do is hidden somewhere in the bottom of your heart. And I can say that confidently because that was what it was like for me, um, trying to figure things out. And it wasn't until I really got down into the center and I spent a lot of time there every day that, like you said, my body did communicate to me, these are your needs. These are the things that you actually want. It's not to to watch porn and it's not to enter into a relationship with someone where I go on to act in an unhealthy kind of way. I began to notice, oh, this is a lot of stuff I have to work on now. And I think, I think it is perhaps our inability to self-regulate and to monitor ourselves that is the biggest obstacle in anything to do with this human journey. <laughs> yes, definitely. And um, I was just wondering if you could expand on what you said by giving us some of the reasons that you found that, that continue to repeat as to why men are not able to sit with their own emotions. And, mm-hmm. and along with that, why are they not able to hold a woman when they're in a highly emotional state? Great question. I think it is scary as fuck. Can I swear? Yes, you can. (laughs) Okay, great. I think it is scary as fuck for men to um, be vulnerable and to hold their own emotions. Like most of them just, that has not been okay. There has not been, uh, there's not been, um, role models of, for, for most men of, of other men doing that. And so they don't feel like it's okay or safe. Usually any of that expression has been led to bullying or put down or, you know, by parents or by uh, other kids or adults or what have you. So there hasn't been uh, an acceptance and, and permission for men to do that. So to, to, for their women to ask them to do that or, you know, wherever it's just so, hard for them to do that. And they feel like if they do that, they'll be weak or they'll be, you know, or, or that it's so big. There's so much there. There's so much pain that they won't be able to, to hold it. And that they'll, they'll break down and they'll lose their shit. And they're afraid of breaking down and losing their shit. Um, and, and I get it. It is scary. It's, it's, yeah. And I've sat in, in many, um, trainings where the men have, really gotten to hold that container for each other. And, and it is deep. It is deep, deep, deep. I mean, the patriarch has definitely fucked over the women, but it has even as much, if not more, fucked over the men in this way. So for the men to, to hold themselves and to hold, they have to be able to hold themselves before they can hold their women and their big um, emotional and, and we are, women are, we, we are the emotional body, you know, in our femininity, we feel all the things. And so we go into these highs, highs and these lows, of course, you know, the integrated uh, feminine still has that, but she's a bit more, she can hold herself too. It's very important, you know, to be able to hold ourselves. I love that you brought this point up. It's, it's incredibly, we're always looking for this outside validation. Uh, it was what I, the work that I do with, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, and, and to really hone it there, it's, it takes a lot to hold ourselves and to know that we can, and we have the courage and we have the strength and we have the wisdom to do that in whatever ways that we do. Um, and so when 
when a man can learn to walk through that portal and to feel his feelings and to hold himself and know that that is perfectly beautiful and human and, and that he has that strength, then he can hold his, his woman through that as well. Uh, if that's, you know, the dynamic. So, yeah. Yeah. I needed to ask that question, not only because I've experienced that for myself and have overcome it. It's that being a person who does the work that I do now, it's very difficult when my friends, my male friends are having problems because they're asking me, okay, so how are you so stable with your emotions? How is it that you're always so calm around women? And especially my, my best friends, when they're going at it with each other, (laughs) <laughs> and, and then they try to bring me into it because they're like well Aww. he's he's balanced like and they're looking for somebody to validate their opinions and, and it's usually mm-hmm. when i say listen you're both wrong because you're both not <laughs> you're both not listening to what each other is trying to communicate and you're making it about someone has to be right somebody has to be wrong mm-hmm. and you are playing out unhealthy patterns and that's the problem. Like nobody's yeah. doing anything wrong here, guys. Just here's what you do. You sit, you listen, you talk. <laughs> yeah. I think that deep listening, I think everybody has their perspectives and whatever they is, whatever they are. And so to be able to listen to each other and whatever the conflict is and to un- have that level of understanding for what they're experiencing and the level of under- understanding for what you're experiencing and know that neither of you are you know, right or wrong. It just is what it is. You're both having the experience you're having. And when it comes to relating, I love that you said that because I think that the masculine wants to problem solve. They want to help. They want to fix a lot. And and women too can go into that (laughs) dynamic for sure. Um, And often there's, there's not anything to do when a woman is in her (laughs) expression, except to just hold space for her and just witness her and be there and, and ask, how would you like me to support you right now? Yeah. Now um, is a great question to ask and that so that you're not trying to problem solve it. You're not trying to fix it. You're the more you try to calm her down, the probably the bigger she's going to get because she wants to know that you can hold her in her biggest, biggest expression. You know? So, so that is where we change the dynamic where we step out of the triangle of drama. <laughs> we get out of the saver, the persecutor, the victim. And we, we just like step out and we just go, okay, here I am. And I see you and I love you. And, 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 and how can I support you? How can, how would you like my love right now? Um, oh, that's a great question. You know, and, and then, and then there can be connection instead of more and more and more friction. Yeah, I agree with you. Sometimes just to, uh, uh, you know, open up a big old can and shut the fuck up and listen. And <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. And then you just say, okay, so what do you want? I'm just here to do anything that's going to help you. What do you want? And I just mean, I said that to one of my friends um, with his fiance and, and and he was just like mind yeah. blown. I was uh, like... Uh, Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, we, we get so stuck in that cycle of what we don't like and they're wrong and blah, 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 blah. But if you stop yourself in that and you go, okay, what do I want in this moment right now? Most of us want connection. Most of us want love. Most of us want peace. And, and so what are you doing to create that? 
you know, mostly what, if you're stuck in that kind of blame cycle or that pattern of trigger, you're, you're not creating, um, connection, you're creating disconnection. So, uh, and it's so hard to do. I mean, I get tested with it all the time and I've got all the tools, you know, it is, it is definitely a challenging thing. And that's where that integrated masculine and feminine comes in. When you can hold what's happening and you can step out of the ego or the reaction and just be in the witness and with friendships or with partners, like it's so amazing when they're, when one of you is in a, in a um, trigger or reaction of some sort to, or that they're sharing something with you that maybe isn't even related to you to say, how could I best be here right now? Do you want me to just listen and be here to receive what you're sharing? Would you like any advice or any of my feedback right now? So that you're asking permission to what they want from you, because often we give unsolicited advice that is not how a person wants to be held in that moment. And so again, it creates that disconnection. So just checking in and asking and stepping back <laughs> can be really useful. And that is really important during sex as well. You know, what do you, what are you needing here right now? How can I show it best for you? So, yeah. Facts. <laughs> I think every moment of every day we are making these small decisions that tomorrow will have a consequence and it's it's not that it means it's going to affect the world outside of you so much as it's going to affect the trajectory of your life and being present for a person and being willing to communicate and most importantly understanding that sometimes in communication it means that you can and you have to put your emotions on pause to fully take in everything that the other person is saying. And then when you ask what the other person's intentions are and you find out, then you can freak out. Afterwards. <laughs> if, you, if, if you really need to, yeah. if there's something there that you need to freak mm-hmm. out about, then mm-hmm. you can. And so many of us aren't, even with the huge surge of emotional intelligence, Mm-hmm. And it's everywhere. People still don't get you. Can you just pause an emotion and you just listen first? Because getting yes, I almost feel like we've we've taken the lid off the emotional. You know, of, of like giving permission to everybody, and everybody's just in this like ah. <laughs> and you know, there's like going to be this this more that emotional intelligence is going to grow a little bit, so that we can learn to hold ourselves and we can learn how to be with that with each other and with ourselves. Yeah. It's hilarious because we're talking about emotional intelligence and what's actually happening that I'm seeing is now people are saying, Oh, I am more emotionally intelligent than you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're not using it as a tool to enhance their communication. It's another barrier. To they're using it as a, we- as a weapon or weaponizing. Yeah. 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 And, it's, and it's like, hold on, like nowhere in any of these uh, books or, or anyone, you know, Daniel Goldman's not telling you to beat each other up with emotional yeah. intelligence. Like, so <laughs> <laughs> it's about that. And it's about practicing that cultivation. Mm-hmm. That's what Absolutely. energy work is. In, in my opinion, it's working with your emotion and, and um, you know, al- allowing everything to flow at an appropriate time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting because I'm trying to take this to another question, which is what are some steps 
that an unconscious couple can take to bridge the gap to become a conscious couple? Mm. I mean, it really starts with communication. I mean, really seeking, seeking help in this realm is really important or reading, reading some fabulous books out there. Even the book Conscious Uncoupling is just as worthy for couples who aren't uncoupling because it asks such great questions in there. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of beautiful, um, conscious relationship books, but often that's, there needs to be a little guidance. Um, so seeking a relationship coach, um, I think is actually better than therapy sometimes when they have like a, a little bit different, broader perspective out of the mind and into, um, other practices that are helpful. Um, Tantra, uh, doing Tantra workshops from a great facilitator can be wonderful. Um, to open up a couple into th- these different realms of communicating different, of connecting with each other in a different way. That's not even, a lot of Tantra isn't sexual. It's, it's just learning how to breathe and communicate and connect. Um, so, so a lot of people go, oh, Tantra, it's just sex. And it's like, well, you got, there's a lot of layers to get there so that you can really be in deep connection when you, when you enter into um, the sexual realm. So, um, yeah. And seeking any other kind of workshop, um, couples workshop around conscious relating. Yeah. There's some great resources out there. Cool. Cool. Are there any other books besides conscious uncoupling that you would recommend? Mm, um, you know, let me get back to you on that because I'm kind of, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on that right now, but I do have some on my bookshelf. So let me uh, drop in a little note to you later about that. Yeah. And you know what? There's this really great author named Ashley Jones and I keep waiting for this book <laughs> to drop and you know, it's taken forever. <laughs> Esther Perel, um, you know, well, mating in captivity. She's a really well-known, um, but uh, anything with uh, um, NLP in it, uh, there's a relationship, uh, neuro-linguistic practitioner. Uh, um, it, yeah. Anything like that is, is really great. Um, and um, David Data great, 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 uh, relationship resource. Yeah. As yep. well. Studied it was good. Um, yeah. Okay. So I think we've mentioned this, but tell me about the power of harnessing sexual energy. The power of harness harnessing sexual energy is incredible. And I think it's, it's really, and most people have no idea what that means. <laughs> and, and basically we have life force energy that, you know, starts in our, our root just above there. And, and it is potent, potent, vital energy that runs through our body all the time. So harnessing this is to understand it, to be able to feel it, uh, and to be able to run it through our bodies and to share it if we so desire with our partners. Um, and it just can fuel everything in our lives. It can fuel how we show up as parents. It can fuel how we show up uh, in our work. It can show up. It's, it's definitely, once we know how to access this, it feeds our life in such deep and meaningful ways. It connects us to, to the spiritual realm, I believe. Um, so it's, uh, it's really an important aspect of being human that we've just been like, like we we've lost this knowledge. Well, it's there, but we have to actually look for it because it's not really out in the open in our culture. 
So it's incredibly important. And I think something that I wanted to mention is I think that a lot of people in the realm of intimacy and sexuality show up because we've been um, taught through porn and through media that we don't know how to access our authentic um, expression of that. And so we're in performance, we're performance-based. Even if we're deeply in love with our partner, we're still in this performance thing of trying to show up or look this way or make that sound or not make that sound or, you know, um, keep it all neat and tidy. <laughs> and and we are, we are diverse beings and we are, we're messy. <laughs> you know? And, and to be able to give that permission um, is really phenomenal. And that's part of accessing that energy within us um, to, to feel that and to know that we are these, these primal beings We're these deeply, can be deeply conscious primal beings. Um, yeah. I always like the place where the profound and the profane meet. <laughs> it's like that sweet spot of like, Oh yeah. Uh. Now that conscious kink or that conscious relating of, um, of, of knowing that it's just all sacred and that we get to be this full range. You know, some days I wake up and I'm emotional and I'm tender and, I, 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 I need to and want to relate to my partner in that way. Some days I woke up and I'm, you know, or I'm in this like really feisty mood and I want to be playful and, you know, there's, and there's other days that, you know, I just want to, uh, I want to, so it's like all of that range, you know, sometimes I just want tantric breath and, or, or, or they do want something different. So it's just knowing and being able to tap in and be like, oh, this is what's alive for me. And, and I can bring this into um, our intimacy. I can bring this into sexuality and it can serve us. It can be, we can be with that. Yeah, it's just, it's just a whole nother realm. And I, I get super excited. It's like, it's definitely my kink to share what is available to people. <laughs> like it's my kink to research this and to it's, I'm, I'm a total nerd when it comes to this stuff. So um, yeah, it's just enlivened my life so deeply to, to understand myself and to give myself permission um, to be all of those things and not to just show up in the box of what I think, you know, I, I was taught or supposed to be. And we get so many mixed messages. Oh my God. Women, especially of like, you know, don't be too available, but don't be not available. They'll be slutty, but don't be approved. It's like, there's so many mixed messages out there that it's really hard to find our authentic expression. You know, and we are that kind of stuff really does mess with people's ability to discern and make the wise choice. And I want to mention in this for, for the men, you know, the me too movement was so valuable in so many ways, but I, I also think that it, it made men retract a lot to be like, Oh shit. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything that could be misconstrued. I don't want to hurt my partner. I'm, I'm this man. It's it had all this, this, you know, this past history of, of, of men dominance. And so they've, I, I feel like a lot of men have contracted and, and gotten, again, that's hard for them to like find their edge. Where is that safe place? Where can it be misread? So that's where communication is so freaking important. And, um, and you can do it in a fun and sexy way. It doesn't have to be all clinical and like, you know, but discussing your desires and your boundaries and your sexual health and the meaning and your relationship status are 
incredibly important to have with new partners or in long-term relationships, um, you know, discussing your desires and your boundaries and the meaning uh, to set intentions. And that intention can be very, you know, heartfelt and, and sweet and connective, or it can be super wild. But once you have that container of what you're both wanting and needing and how you can both show up, you can, oh, it's just like endless what can happen. It's such a safe container when we do that, rather than trying to guess like we play this guessing game all the time. I think they like that. They like that that one day. <laughs> I mean, I keep doing that, even though, especially as a as a woman, our bodies change in every moment. <laughs> like, you know, stroking, doing the same thing every time is is not going to work, men. And I and I feel sorry for men because a lot of them get into this habitual pattern of doing the same thing every time. And women are very diverse, and so um, yeah, that can get very repetitive, and that can just die the passion very quickly <laughs> when that happens. I hear you. I hear you on that. So I want to talk about some more potentially um, controversial thought provoking topics. I mean, what advice could you give to a man or a woman who is hooked on porn, who can't seem to find a sense of connection with themselves without this? And also, with that, I find that this is a very um, destructive force. And, and I would just want to say that this is my observation and it's I haven't formed an opinion on it personally. However, I do see it as being very destructive to people. It's selling your body on OnlyFans and these kinds of things like that, which I think in my observation, a lot of the women and the men really who do it, are not just trying to make a dollar because that's the only option they have. I think there's a collection of beliefs behind that, which can be very destructive to them and they lose touch with themselves. And so the story they tell themselves is about uh, empowering themselves somehow as an entrepreneur or some bullshit story like that. And I don't see the way that many of them behave being what they're actually saying they're doing <laughs> okay so let's start with the porn yeah let's start there um let's start there okay so um first of all i want to say that i don't think that that porn is all bad and wrong um i think that there is a place for it when it gets very destructive is when it is a it's a it's ha- it's a habit it's an addiction and it, it is the only way that people can find their turn on. I, I also think that the, um, the distortion in a lot of porn and not all porn is that it's super male based. So it's, it's for the men's pleasure and it's not for the woman's pleasure. And it, and it misses so much of what is available in the connection in the breath. It's just a very low vibrational experience of sex now there are more conscious porn sites and there are women-based um porn which is a lot more expansive and you can actually get a lot more from that however when it gets into this addictive place where the body only responds to that that's when it's a big concern and it can really it can really have a deep hard profound effect on a person's life and so um, I, I do work with people around this and it is a process. It is, it is a process of kind of removing that stimulus 
it, you have to rewire the brain and the body. So it's, it's a process of removing that stimulus and finding that other kind of connection and sensation. It takes time. Um, it is a deep commitment to oneself. And, um, but what's on the other side of that rewiring is so much more pleasure, connection, and like expansiveness. So the body has to come back on. The mind has to like rewire for what it's, what it's used to. You have to start connecting because most of us are in our minds so much that we don't feel or recognize what's happening in the body. So there's a lot, there's so much, we're just going straight for the orgasm. So yeah. So you're saying what you're saying, what I'm hearing you say is that this can be used as a tool for couples. Or- can if conscious born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It can, I mean, you have to be really careful about where you go with it. I mean, I will say as a woman looking before I, I knew about conscious porn and I'd watch porn, I would feel actually pretty disgusted because mm-hmm. it would, it would look to me like the woman was not enjoying it. <laughs> and this, the pounding, pounding that would happen would just be like, Oh God. Um, even though some of it was erotic and maybe even my body would get turned on a little bit from it before I like had my awareness that I have now, I would, I would have a more of a retraction when I would watch porn because it would, most of the porn that I saw was, was male driven and it was all about the men's pleasure and it, and it looked painful to the woman. Um, but there are other sites that are more expansive and it's, you know, couples that have more awareness, even there's tantric porn, you know, so there are those things that, that couples can learn from and expand in and you know the, the idea is to to look at it make it like a not an everyday occurrence you know of, of just like okay and you know discuss it and feel it what happens in your bodies um to observe a conscious couple having uh, intimate connection and relating in sex can be really inspiring you know it can be like oh wow that's possible what does that look like if anybody watched the um sex, love, and goop that, uh, I think Gwyneth Paltrow just did. It's on Netflix. It's, um, it's not porn, but, but she works with all these couples with all these sexological body workers, um, in different ways that are incredible. Like it, in, in one of the women, and I'm forgetting her name right now, she has the erotic blueprint uh, shows having energetic orgasms. And I, I tell you all the people and I've recommended this to m- the couples I work with have just watched that and been like, Oh my gosh, that's possible. So there is something about seeing that, like I can say it, but without seeing it, there is this kind of this weird concept that doesn't feel tangible. But when you witness somebody and she's fully clothed, <laughs> you know, having this, this movie through her breath and her partner's there. And um, yeah, so it's like, Whoa, that's possible. Um, so I think that there, there can be some positive aspects of conscious porn. Now, okay, moving so, on to... Hang on, hang okay, on, hang okay. on. <laughs> we, can, we can move on to that other thing because that other thing is, is also something that's very polarized. And um, I, I just want to say that on my end of things, I wasn't even aware that there's such a thing as conscious porn. And that's because it doesn't even come up in any of the research that I'm doing on how, how it damages the brain and stuff. It really does mess up your neuroplasticity. It messes it up. That's why you have to rewire. Mm-hmm. And, um, in, you know, scientists 
have discovered that porn is like a straitjacket for the mind because once you get into watching destructive porn, there's something that happens in that very first exposure to it that completely screws up the gray matter of your reward centers in the brain. And so all you can think about is the pounding, pounding kind of doesn't look like it's very interesting or fun kind of sex. So it's very interesting that there is this uh, conscious thing. I'm not saying that I'm going to go look for it, but, <laughs> but I'm, you know, now I know that it's there. And I, I think, think we, we need to take, yeah, I think we need to take the shame away from, you know, looking and, and searching for ways to in, in, improve and increase our connection and our, and our sexual um, ability to show up with ourselves and our partner. Like, and, and that is one avenue, you know, I mean, you can read the books that you've, that you've read and Montachia and Tantra and, you know, these different aspects and that's incredible. Now there's, as far as the, the, um, oh my gosh, what's the site that you were talking about? The, the only fans thing. The only fans. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this is such a big can of worms and mm-hmm. <laughs> just like our culture, I think that a lot I mean, a majority of people show up in that realm in with very low vibrational seeking, seeking attention um, and don't have a deep understanding of themselves. Now, that's not to say that everybody right, on we're definitely that, not site, saying that Yeah, there are some people and I actually know a couple of them that use that and, and you know, are, are really expanded in expanded individuals and and have just used that as a platform for that so i think that there is a really important place for sexological body work or or just work and and it's often demonized and it's put into this bucket of like prostitution and and um you know people walking the streets and doing drugs and whatever now in the realm that we're in today (laughs) um this is different and this shows on that show sex love and goop and on sex education and, you know, these, these shows that have come out um, where it's mainstream that people are looking and seeking and wanting to grow and learn. And this is one avenue that you can do that growth in. And there are a lot of amazing, um, integrous, incredible sexological body workers that have deep consciousness around it. And there are a lot of that have none of that <laughs> and are very distorted and, and abuse it. And so I just wanted to say that, um, you know, just like anything in life, there's a broad range here. And if you do seek that, make sure that you have, you know, that they are strongly recommended, maybe from a friend or somebody um, who has worked with them that, you know, because there is distortion in that. And it is a very vulnerable place. And, um, and it can create such deep healing and understanding. Um, so, so, you know, it's not necessarily even having sex with somebody, but it, it can be learning about your body. It can be, you know, that uh, yoni or lingam um, massage or, or information to understand how your body works. And that includes your breath and energy, learning how to work that in your body. So, yeah, I just wanted to have that said here because a lot of people are like, oh, maybe I should seek it, but it's just so in the taboo. So I wanted to bring it out and let people know that there are some really amazing practitioners that, that do this very well. Yeah. So I'm really glad that you said that. Cause that's more or less what I was hoping you would say. 
Um, because there's always going to be the positive, the negative, and then the outright destructive. And so what I witness a lot of are both women and men who are, they're, they're operating from such a place of lack and emotional pain Mm -hmm. and confusion. And quite frankly, they're in crisis because they, they don't know themselves they don't know how to use their bodies in a way that would actually empower them. And so they think that all there is, is you sell your body on this thing and you make a few dollars and you have to create this content, which is really raunchy. And so many of them are just simply unaware. They don't know anything about what you just said that, you know, you can go on this immense spiritual journey and then you can use that to go on to teach others how to harness their own sexual energy and we need more of that and less of the other stuff (laughs) yeah yeah but this is growing i mean this is absolutely the field that that i work in um the field that a lot of there this is a definitely growing field and it is necessary right now because we have basically blanketed you know sexual uh, um spirituality and um and western therapy with just the mind and just all these components but but our our sexuality our intimacy has usually been left out it has not been discussed it has not been we haven't had guidance around that and and so um to know that this is coming to the forefront um you know in one of in the most profound uh training that i got the, the program that i went through um, there were a lot of therapists in this training and I was just so grateful, you know, marriage therapists and that were getting the, the, um, tantric and sexuality um, component and the embodied pieces. I was just like, Oh yes. Yeah. And, and they were moving away from the Western talk therapy into this more dynamic kind of, um, you know, therapy experience. So, um, yeah, I've been actually working with a lot of doctors, male doctors, uh, lately in my practice. And it's been really cool for them to go, oh, wow, you know, my body has this intelligence. It's not just this, like, you know, set of um, mechanical things that are all working together. Um, so I think that there is an awakening. Like, I feel it. I, 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 there is a lot, of, uh, a lot of people who do what I do in their own different ways. And there's a lot of distortion still. So, so we need it. You know, we need all the work. Well, you know, Ashley, I don't think that I don't think that things could continue the way that they're going without creating this additional awakening amongst these people. Because typically, and just a job, just being real, everything that we know pretty much is a lie, and we have to unlearn that. And so, yeah. these very well-intentioned people get sucked into a system that's designed to disempower, and they don't mm-hmm. know what they don't know. And the more, I guess the more things progress, the more these things have to hit against the wall where that's just no longer working because that philosophy of Western medicine, allopathic medicine, and the whole traditional psychotherapy is designed to be one way for for a reason. And nobody can tell me that the people who get into this are all on board with that for for any other reason than their own fears and unmet 
or unaddressed uh, insecurities with with operating as an entity outside in the world as a, a empowered and a free person. So I think that's why so many psychiatrists, psychologists, doctors, whatever, get stuck in that world because they're told if you ever deviate from this script, you're now unhirable, you're fired, you can't do this. And so you won't be able to provide for yourself or your families. And yeah. it, it, it's, it's been coming for a long time. And it's a big part of us getting back to who we are as consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I want to add there that in the deep work that I did in my own journey, um, I was led into a very incredible somatic session um, where I was to access the pain that I had experienced in my life from people abusing and hurting me in different ways. And as I went through that session, um, what I broke through and it was incredibly painful and it was like painful physically, emotionally to like really go into that. And I was led by an incredible practitioner through that. And, um, but through that, as I went into the depths and I just let myself be in it and, and move it and feel it and cry and scream and pound and do all the things that you do in somatic work, I, I then broke through it. And I saw that all of these people who had hurt me in different ways were just desperately wanting and seeking love and didn't know how to get it in this distorted world. And so they, they were doing, you know, the things. So it was just this deep realization for me to like understand that within my being and to um, have this different, instead of, Oh, they're just the predators and to have this understanding that yeah, predators are caused they're created by people wanting love and not knowing how to get it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah. I think that the work that you're doing, the work that I, and all the other people who are doing is just like, we're, we're, we're te- teaching and we're showing that it's even possible. And, and it allowed me to kind of have this deeper level of forgiveness too, and not to carry that angst and that anger and that, uh, and that, and that fear and the victim. Um, so yeah, it's, it's powerful and important work to realize and own our own experience and then to, to move through it in our lives and, and face it yeah. and hold it in a different way. That's something that I don't think is talked about enough in this sphere. The concept of forgiveness for the people who have actually abused you. There's a huge focus that seems to come around every once in a while. And then it goes away and then it comes back again on how forgiveness doesn't mean that whoever it is that did whatever it is to you, they're off the hook. And then no. I'm, and I'm like, that's great, but when are you going to let that go? <laughs> like, cause, cause it, like you said, there's sometimes in a lot of instances where something heinous has been done, the person that's done it to you were in far more suffering than you could imagine. And it is through desperation and shame that they accepted that role. And that's another layer beyond a traditional forgiveness that often goes unaddressed. And as we do our work on people and we can teach them how to send these unhelpful beliefs back to God, if you will, in a way, it's literally sending it off planet. 
And it creates a space where that energy opens up for people to go deeper. And for, it's kind of like the hundred monkeys thing. The more people that release this stuff, the more people around the world automatically begin to let go of the, I'm not safe. They let go of the desperation the I'm not good enough somehow. So we got to work quickly and we got to work a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I I think one of the best examples of that, as far as like movies or books go was the shack. Um, If you haven't seen it, highly recommend watching the movie or even better read the book. The book was better. I'll and read the book. I don't, I don't yeah. watch TV. <laughs> yeah. Read the book. If you can't, it depends on, you know, but yeah, it's, it's like a kind of a horrific story, but the, but the deep knowledge through that and looking at the, the, the person who did the horrible thing and their story. And that's, that's pretty much, you know, it's like hurt people, hurt people. And, and we're, we're navigating this so deep and to be able to forgive. I know this was a journey for me because I'd be like, yeah, I forgave them. You forget. But like on that root level, it was like, but I can't totally forgive them because then it makes it okay that they did what they did was my, where I was having a hard time, um, really letting that be real for me. And so I think through that journey, that somatic journey where I really got it on this deeper level and where I think forgiveness isn't, doesn't make it okay that it, that whatever happened happened, but it makes it so that it doesn't keep on having power over you where you can be, where you can let yourself be. Yes, you are. You, you have the experience. You'll always have the experience. And through that, you have, you hope to have the wisdom to, to navigate, you know, that, and when you do that deep forgiving, you give, you, you take the power back that has, that you've unconsciously given to that thing or that person or that experience. If I and so when there, you, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off here. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, if I could add to that, I believe because I've seen it, I've experienced this firsthand. Some people have done some really heinous things to me. And I forgave them. And it, it, I realized that the extent to which I forgave opened up my ability to receive more opportunities in life. And also, yes. it, it didn't just free me. It went on to energetically free that person as well. Because there, there have been instances where people who really hurt me. I, I ran into them 10 years later. And, you know, I, you know, I was like, gosh, I should I really speak to this person? What what should I do here? And the person spoke to me like nothing happened. And I realized that they didn't even remember doing that. And it's not because Mm. they don't have a conscience. It's because I worked on the forgiveness on such a level that it removed that from them. It freed them as well. So when I actually had a conversation with them and gave them the benefit of the doubt and measured their intentions and I checked, I asked all the right questions they actually were like, I, I didn't realize that I did that to you. I didn't realize that all those things that I did had that effect on you. And in other instances, they've been like, I just wanted to say, you know, before you say anything to me, I wanted to say that I apologize. And I've been carrying this for a long time. And I said, mm. so when did you realize? And it's usually around the time that I actually forgave them. So whatever shifted in yeah. me shifted inside of them as well. 
energy is powerful. Yep. And, and what we're carrying, if we're carrying hate or disgust or, you know, whatever we're carrying, it is, it is a frequency and, and it affects everything. It affects ourselves and it affects that person and everything else around us. So learning and being aware of that and how to, how to understand it and work with it, I think is so important. And you're right on. It's like what we're attracting into our lives is it's meeting our frequency. So if we're carrying that angst, if we're carrying that fear, if we're going to keep on experiencing, we're going to collect the evidence to meet our belief of, of what we're believing from our perspective. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So. And I, I, I got to add to that as well, that if there's even a minimum amount and you just say, Oh, that's, you know, that's not, that's not real anger. That's not real resentment or any other lower emotion. That's not that. Then it is, it's still something you're carrying. If you can acknowledge it, it's still there. And there's Mm -hmm. still yet another layer of forgiveness to be revealed there. And you actually, you know, regardless of what that person did to you, you owe it to that person too to get rid of it. Get at least get rid of your own end. And you owe it to yourself even Facts. more, like even Facts. more. Yeah. We are all worthy of being free of this. Yeah. And yeah. there's another little ownership here that is. Do it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> our, our power, our energy is ours. It, it doesn't belong to anybody else. Yeah. We could say, oh, there's energy vampires and there's, you know, the shit that happened to us. And this is, this is like getting real. This is like a hard self-responsibility, but we don't, our energy doesn't get taken. We give it away unconsciously, it. unconsciously. It. Most of the time, <laughs> you know, we're, we're yeah. and, and we give it away and we think they, they took it. They took my power. And, and this has been a huge journey in my own life to go, Oh fuck. And to reclaim, reclaim my power. It was never theirs. It was mine. And to reclaim that um, is also part of the forgiveness process and, and uh, part of the emp- empowerment, like on that deep and that, and that integrated self um, is to reclaim and to know that this is mine and where I, where I put it is where I'm giving it. And if I choose to hook into that, I'm giving my energy, my power, my energy away um, and I'm, and I'm not being responsible for where it's going. So that's a whole can of worms too. But I, I just had to say that, you know, it's like, we don't like to talk about that and it's hard to take responsibility for it, but it's, it's real and it does affect us. I am so glad you said that because I say that all the time. And it's usually along the lines of me saying, not everybody that is narcissistic towards you is a narcissist. Yeah. Not everybody that hurt you had bad intentions. Yeah. And not every not everybody is an empath in the sense that they're taking in energy from everywhere else. Perhaps you just have holes in your energy field where that's getting in, or perhaps you feel responsible for other people somehow. But that <laughs> is not really the true meaning of an empath. It's not that you walk into a room and you feel all everybody else's pain automatically. There has to be some way in which you are consenting to this. Yeah. You said it perfectly. Your energy is always yours. No one can take it from you without your consent. And everything that we can like we perceive is hurtful or traumatic. We first mentally consent to that. 
Usually unconsciously, though. I just want to say most of us are not conscious of this. And so we kind of go through this and, and you know, we're just bouncing off the walls of our energetic play and not knowing. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, to know this is so important. Yeah. And it's hard to wrap. It's hard to wrap. I know it was for me to like really like, oh, I had such resistance to it. No, they're bad. They did this thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and yet there's ways when we look at our lives and we get real honest with ourselves, there's ways that I have hurt people, that you have hurt people, that we've all not knowing, not meaning to. I mean, most of the, yeah, you know, yeah, there are people who maliciously do that, but, but, you know, majority of the time it is just, we're moving through our lives. We're doing the things we're doing the best with what we have in that moment. And, and, you know, things happen and people, people get hurt. So to find that forgiveness, to reclaim our energy helps ourselves. It helps the the people that we're involved and it creates uh, just so much more availability, availability for us to show up in love in our wisdom you know in our our grace (laughs) and we need that we need that right now so much (laughs) facts that's why i love talking with you because i know that i can always get the truth out of you (laughs) (laughs) you know and it's a work in progress you know yeah being authentic isn't a thing that happens overnight and it's not even a thing that happens in an entire lifetime no yeah we're unlearning all those layers and then, then like kind of excavating our true essence. <laughs> yeah. What is real? What is there? Is this mine? Is this theirs? Yeah. yeah that's a journey. Well, that's all the <laughs> questions I have for you. <laughs> Beautiful. I love this discussion. It's great. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, uh, I wanted to just focus on a few things and I'm glad we opened up on the forgiveness and, things like that as well. Cause that's so important to continue to go back to all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a constant revisiting that for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. Thank you for being on with me and it's such a pleasure to chat with you and to share this information with everybody. I know that a lot of people will be helped and healed and be steered in the right direction. Yeah. Thank you for having me again. Thank you for the work that you do and for being a man that is doing this work. Like that's, that's just really beautiful. And for in your own life, for looking into the, into the realm of, you know, Montachia and your own energy and studying that. Mm, That gives me hope every time I hear that. Thank you for seeing my efforts and uh, I'm sending you all the love that I have. So Mm. that's the end of it. Yes. For me too. Aloha. Okay.